Oh, what is the upskeet, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 62 of my little hockey show where I go through the news and the whatnots of the NHL, kind of focus in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames because they're my favorite teams, but I could talk about any of the NHL hockey teams. So let's get into all of the the news this week. We have a really sad uh, thing to talk about this week. So Rodion Amirov has uh, passed away at 21 years old. Uh, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, a couple of years ago, he's a Toronto Maple Leafs prospect, uh, first round pick, and he's passed away. And uh, geez, the absolutely blindsided with this one. Like it's so immensely sad uh, that someone has—he's just been robbed. Honestly, we've been robbed. Everyone's been robbed. An incredibly sad situation. A young man that's given his his life to hockey and. He made it to the top, he got drafted, and before he even got a chance to to live out his dream, <clears throat> he he's passed away. So incredibly, incredibly sad news uh, to hear something like that. I mean, 21 years old, insanely, insanely too early. Someone that, though we didn't get to see a lot of this player, obviously we didn't get to see him on the ice uh, from interviews, and even after the diagnosis, he seemed like such a bright person, so optimistic and and looking forward to the future and not letting anything uh, bring him down, and that was very respectable, and man, I was rooting for this young man ever since I heard that diagnosis. I was just devastated to hear that. I was rooting for him. I imagine a lot of us were. Uh, rooting for this player to get to make it out on the other side. Sadly, that that is not the case, and it's incredibly sad. I mean, it's uh, something that we can reflect on. I mean, it really hit me because, like, I'm only 30, and you know, I, there's still so much more I want to do and haven't done and experienced. And and like, I I'm not a professional hockey player or anything, so just you know. I, I can't. I just. I feel so horrible for 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 the situation, their family, and everyone like that. I hope everyone's doing all right. But yeah, man, life is tough, and things like this happen on a regular basis. But um, goodness gracious, uh, incredibly sad news. I was absolutely just blindsided with that. So uh, yeah, best wishes to him. And and geez, let's just. Uh, oof, that's uh, not great. And it's not. It's not only him. That's passed away this week we have more really sad news legendary Toronto Maple Leaf Bobby Bond has also passed away at 86 I mean you know no one it's never good talking about people passing away but 86 at least he had a nice full life so there's that but legendary Toronto Maple Leafs I believe he scored an OT winning goal that brought home a Stanley Cup to the Toronto Maple Leafs legendary player I'm not gonna sit here and try and pretend that I knew who he was because Way, 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 way before my time, but I did my due diligence and read some articles about him, and sounds like an absolute character, and again, you know, incredibly sad to to lose people like this, so um, let's try our best here to move on, power through, and we will move on with uh, the rest of the NHL news, but uh, incredibly, incredibly sad week in the NHL uh, space, I'm... uh, I'm hurting from that one. That was that was not very good to hear. So let's uh, let's go off to some other news. We have news out of the Boston Bruins. David Krejci has announced his retirement officially. 
not necessarily a surprise kind of seemed like that was in the cards after their playoff run ended this season Bergeron going down and now Krejci so Bruins fans are probably like oh boy this is going to be probably a pretty rough season and I mean it's not making things better that they had such a rough playoff run going down the way that they did against the Florida Panthers and now I mean not a whole lot of optimism going into the next season you're down Bergeron you're down David Krejci you're down Taylor Hall at least you still have Swayman and Allmark and, and a pretty damn great defensive core, but no centers. And uh, yeah, that's a big, big issue. So that'll be something we'll be talking about today. We're going to start diving into the previews and predictions for each of the divisions. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it once we get there. But yeah, David Krejci, I mean, a very consistently solid player. Um Lots of 70-point kind of guy. I mean, he wasn't the superstar in Boston, but he is going to go down as a legendary Bruin. Uh, Was very prominent during their Stanley Cup runs. He was there when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. And he was prominent during their other runs where they lost in the finals. But David Krejci, I mean, personally, I was very surprised that when he left for Europe, he played a year in Europe, and then he came back. And he was just fantastic he was just dandy didn't really miss a step fit right in he's been the perfect second line center for the Bruins for ever it seems like I th- I feel like he's been there for as long as I've been watching hockey it feels like it's just been him and Bergeron and it's definitely going to be a while I feel like until that void is filled in Boston I don't know what center they have in their organization right now that's that could fill a void such as Bergeron and David Krejci I mean they have Zaka and they have some other guys there but yeah it's it's definitely going to be a very interesting season but I can't help but you know have horrifying flashbacks of my my predictions of the Bruins season last year saying they're going to miss the playoffs because all these injuries but this time they don't have that benefit of Bergeron actually coming back he's not coming back this time so that's different that is uh, that's the first time that's happened in the in the Bruins uh, organization in a very, very long time. So it's going to be really weird, very, very interesting indeed to see what's going to go down with the Bruins this season. We'll talk about how I feel their season is going to go down. I don't know if we're going to do it this episode. I haven't decided which division I'm going to talk about just yet. And now we, ha- we have some news for the NHL video game, which uh, if you if you want to go back and listen to my GX GamerCast, the last episode I talked about NHL video games, where I just talked about my history with the NHL video games all the way back to the early 2000s till current date pretty much. So Kale McCarr is going to be the cover athlete for the next NHL video game. Pretty cool. I mean, I like that. It's, uh, you know, it really hasn't been that big of a deal, the cover athlete for me personally for a very long time. Austin Matthews has been on it, so I, I'm, I'm a happy boy. He's been on it multiple times now, but Kale McCarr, hell yeah, that is sweet for him. Can't say I've actually looked at any of the gameplay or trailers for the NHL games. I I just don't really... Uh, I'm not hyped up for the games anymore. They just do not interest me. They they come out every single year with minor upgrades and tweaks and shit like that. I just feel like they need to change the formula. But why change the formula when it's just like the most easy money that they can make? So, oh well, at least that's cool. Kale McCarr, defenseman on the cover. I feel like the last time we saw a defenseman maybe was P.K. Subban. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe was Roman Yossi on a cover? Maybe I don't know. I definitely remember PK Subban. I think he was on NHL 
18 maybe I don't know that was a pretty solid NHL video game hopefully the NHL video games start to ramp up and get better they've just been like I don't know they've been serviceable for a very long time but you know I grew up on the PS2 era which arguably is the golden era of sports video games is on that PS2 era all those games are so friggin good and uh, yeah I just feel like since the PS4 era, it's just been not very good. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think of the upcoming NHL video game. Are you excited? Do you like Kale McCarr being on the cover? Or did you want Austin Matthews to be on there for like the third or fourth time already? Which, I don't really give a shit. Alright, so let's move on. We'll talk about some of the signings and all that great stuff that has gone down in the NHL since last week. And honestly, there hasn't been very many. I think three total here. We got... Uh, Cowan from the Toronto Maple Leafs, that is their first round pick that a lot of people are rather upset about, but congratulations to him signing his entry-level contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I'm guessing this is Caleb Jones, signs a league minimum contract with the Carolina Hurricanes, and then with Vancouver, they signed P.S. Suter two years if I could just get the total money, I think it's like 1.6 or something like that. Not a bad deal. I mean, it's a, a good depth signing, I guess, for the Vancouver Canucks. More than likely going to be slotting in to their bottom six, which is, I mean, uh, Vancouver needs a lot of help with uh, depth scoring and just a lot of help in general. But we'll see how it goes with them this season. We'll talk about them at some point. We have a minor trade that went down in the NHL this week. Jeff Petrie. I was so excited for him to go back to Montreal. I'm like, oh, it worked out so well for him there. And now they've shipped him off to Detroit. So he's off to Detroit. He is now a member of the Red Wings, Jeff Petrie. So added veteran defenseman onto that blue line for Detroit. They could definitely use some more depth on that blue line. They struggled last year. Marit Sider can't fucking do everything by himself. That, uh, oh, what's that dude's name? The... I don't know, they have a defensive, Sherratt maybe, Sherratt, he's uh, kind of been a little bit of a disaster, hopefully Petrie can work out better, kind of a fan of Petrie, Uh, definitely mostly through fantasy hockey, I've been picking him up for years and years now, and he's been very, very solid for me, except for last season, anyway, uh, nice to see Jeff Petrie, I mean, he's probably going to be playing, I don't know how big of a role he'll have with Detroit, maybe he'll bounce back from the season that he had last year with the Pens, I think that's where he was. He didn't have a very good year last year. Hopefully, he can bounce back. And Montreal acquires Gustav Lindstrom, conditional fourth-round pick in the 2025 NHL Draft. Can't say I know much about this Gustav Lindstrom feller. Let's just take a little bit of a look here. 24-year-old defenseman. So, yeah, probably not too much more you're going to get out of this player. Looks like, you know, Montreal's grabbing a younger defenseman, freeing up some cap space. And, you know, Montreal's not really in a position to go off into a playoff run or anything like that this year. Probably not even going to be sniffing around um, being in a playoff spot this year. But Detroit, they'll take on Jeff Petrie. He may help them get into a playoff spot this season. They'll definitely be battling for a playoff spot this season. So that's all that's been going on in the NHL over the last week or so. A very sad week, like I said. So let's try and brighten things up with some predictions and probably some really bad predictions because, you know, that's just generally how that stuff goes down. So I think we're just going to start with the one that everybody wants. Let's just start with the Atlantic Division. We're going to go through the eight teams in the Atlantic. We'll go over what they've done in the offseason, and we'll see what they look like going into... This season, though there is still quite a bit of time before the preseason begins and even the regular season, there's still 
free agents out there that could be signed. There's still trades that can be made. So I'm recording this in the middle of August. So if things change, things change. But uh, I'll probably just up if like a major trade goes down. Let's just say, for example, Toronto Maple Leafs trade away William Nylander and bring in a defenseman. And I say that whatever my predictions were, I will adjust that in the coming weeks. If something major like that happens, I can shift it. It'll be okay. I'm going to save my predictions this time around so that I can come back to them a year from now and we can make fun of them. That'll be a fun little tradition we'll do here on the show. So that'll be a lot of fun. So let's get into this shit. Let's start off with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Admittedly, a pretty interesting offseason, obviously. Kyle Dubas is out. Bradtree living is in. Uh, the, the the coach, Sheldon Keefe, he's still here. We'll we'll see about that. I like Sheldon Keefe, so I'm I'm fine with him here. But if I feel like the second there's a, a bigger name out there, they're probably gonna go for him. But Toronto Maple Leafs exiting the team this offseason. We lost Noel Achari, Michael Bunting, Eric Gustafson, Justin Hall. Woo! May uh, Mac Hollowell, Eric Shalgren, Alexander Kerfoot, Victor Mete, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, and Redeem Zahorna. So obviously a lot of exits going out from the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Nolachari being probably the, the major one off of this list that I wanted to keep the most. Luke Shen, a close second, but he just made way too much money out of Nashville. Good for him. And Michael Bunting, it was kind of written in the stone that he was pretty much gone already, the beginning of last season, we all kind of knew. It's like, all right, this guy was a diamond in the in the dirt that they found, and they shined him up real nice. Now he's making a lot of money in Edmonton. So you know, good for him. Glad that he got his money, but there's just there was just no way that the Leafs were going to be able to keep him. But bringing in a handful of new players, we got Ryan Reeves coming in, John Klingberg. I don't know what the hell those names are. I'm going to skip all those names. Those are all Lajoie. I know that name. Bertuzzi and Max Domi, I would say both of those kind of surprise signings. Domi, less so Bertuzzi, a major surprise signing. Gambrell, Ilya Samsonov gets the one-year extension. And Martin Jones coming in as a (laughs) a goaltending option for the Toronto Maple Leafs, whether you like it or not. So looking at cap friendly here, I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still top-heavy on the offense. Uh, forward-wise anyway. Got Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner. Nylander still here. I mean, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, He's still dealing with the contract. We still don't have a contract extension for Austin Matthews yet, which is a little bit surprising personally. So in that top six, you're going to have Austin, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, probably going to be sliding in Bertuzzi, and who knows where Max Domi is going to slide in? Is he going to be a good third line option? And of course, the big, the big question mark around the Leafs this season, I imagine, is going to be what is Matthew Nyes going to bring to this team this season? In a full year, last year we got a nice little preview. He looked really, really, really impressive in the playoffs last year. Then he got hurt, and then the whole team seemed to fall apart without Matthew Nyes in the lineup. He just seemed to bring a really nice special ingredient to the team, a little bit of a mystery because he's so fresh and new and stuff like that. We don't really know what we have here yet, but so far, so good. So is Matthew Nye going to break into that top six, or is he just going to dominate in the bottom six? I'm hoping uh, for either of those would be great. I would imagine Bertuzzi is going to get into that top six, and if he can do what he did with the Bruins when he showed up there last season, oh my goodness, 
We could be in for uh, an increase in offense here in Toronto. It's always been really good, though the last couple of seasons it has taken a little bit of a dip, not like it's a major problem or anything. But the problem is, is the depth scoring with the Toronto Maple Leafs. If Austin Matthews, Marner, and those guys get shut down, it's generally been like not very... Not a lot going on in that bottom six. I mean, Kerfoot's been a consistent disappointment. At times, he would show things. Pierre Engvall, the same kind of deal. So now you're going to have different guys down there. We're going to have a bigger role for Sam Lafferty. Kelly Yarncroak, I mean, he looked... He's he's probably going to be the rover this season. Maybe kind of like how Kerfoot was. If someone big goes down the top six, Yarncroak's probably going to get the call up to the top six. And he's going to be roving, roaming around, I would imagine, in that middle six area for the Leafs. He looked good in moments in that top six, but is Callie Yarncroak really the, the guy that you brought in to be in the top six? I doubt it, but he's definitely a good option to have there in that middle six. If someone goes down, I don't feel very bad if Callie Yarncroak is going up to play with Matthews. I'm like, all right, that's a that's a fine band-aid. And then Ryan Reeves, what's he bringing to the table this season? Is he going to be getting into all 82 games this year? I doubt it. He is now above 35 years old. I feel like we're definitely going to be seeing him in situational moments. We got a big game coming up that's going to have a bit of hitters. Maybe coming up against the Bruins or something. They're probably going to throw Revo into the lineup, I would imagine. But to have Revo in the lineup every single game, I don't think that's what they're bringing him in there for. You know, you're going to have him in there in the locker room. He's going to be chatting with the boys, having fun on the road and all that stuff. He's it's They didn't bring in Ryan Reeves just to play hockey. There's a lot more to the table that Ryan Reeves is bringing off of the ice that they brought him in for so I mean he's here for three years so we'll see how that one goes Sam Lafferty probably going to have a bigger role on this team this year I'm fairly excited to see what he can do he's listed as a center right left wing so he looks like another rover type I don't think you would really want him in that top six but he could probably fill in some gaps will he be playing center he can play center but uh I don't know and then you got David Camp. Is he going to be the fourth-line center? I mean, in a perfect world, yes, but $2.4 million for a fourth-line center, not ideal, but he is an incredible shutdown defensive forward. He's great on the penalty kill, and he's very reliable defensively. And then you have kind of some of the, the extras. you got Dylan Gambrell, Pontus Holmberg. Are these guys going to crack onto the lineup in a bigger way this season? We'll have to wait and see. And then, of course, you have guys like... Robertson, is is he finally going to break through? Is he finally going to remain healthy this season and, and finally show us that he is an NHL-ready player? I've been We've all been waiting for him for a while. It's just been injury after injury and setback after setback. And I'm hoping that this year will be the big one for him. He's still listed on injured reserve as of right now, but I think he's going to get into the lineup. In terms of long-term injuries reserve, we have Jake Muzzin and Matt Murray both on there. Doubtful that we're going to see either of those players on the ice this season unless something absolutely magical happens, possibly. I don't know. I'm not really going to try and think about that. So forward-wise, I'm quite satisfied. I mean, especially adding in Pertuzzi, that really makes me quite happy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen guys here. So that, I mean... If this is the lineup, I mean, yes, you're going to want to add maybe a depth guy or two. There's probably someone in the AHL that's not listed here on Cap Friendly that they can have uh, as a depth forward if something goes wrong. But 
up front, man, like I'm quite satisfied. Austin Matthews, if he's healthy this year, I feel like he's going to bounce back. Could hit, should hit 50 this season. I mean, he hit 40, and that's a down year in Austin Matthews' world. So I imagine shooting for 50 this year is is in the books. I would love to see him crack 100 points. Same with Marner. I would love that. John Tavares, we could see a, a fallback in production this year. I personally don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, he's already been working very uh, heavily into um preventing this fall you know he knows that he's getting older he's already not the fastest so he's been working on things to make sure that his fall from from high elite player isn't going to be all that bad so I don't think we're going to see that big of a drop off from John Tavares he's the captain he's the leader he's my boy I respect and love John Tavares Marner hoping that he will you know keep his focus keep his cool uh, I know he's going to say, oh, the people's comments, they don't get to me. We all know that it does, but just try and keep it cool, keep it calm, and have a good fucking season this year, Marner. Same goes with you, Willie. Willie, I know you want your money, buddy, and you're probably going to get it. I just don't know where you're going to end up. Are you going to be a Leaf this whole entire year? We're just going to have to wait and see. Bertuzzi, hoping for 60, 65 points out of him. That would be amazing. Bring the grit, bring the bring the aggressiveness. That would be awesome. Max Domi, goddamn. So excited for this guy. I hope he can find a home here in Toronto. That would make me really happy. All right, let's take a look at the defense. So we got Morgan Riley now beginning his $7.5 million extension. That might have actually kicked in last season. But regardless, looked like an absolute friggin' warrior coming out of the playoffs last year. Hopefully he can keep that up. Looking for a bounce back out of Morgan. He didn't have the greatest year last year, but uh, obviously was not playing to his... um, he wasn't playing fully healthy, so clearly that was an issue for him last year. Hopefully he's back fully, Morgan Riley, this year. It's going to be interesting to see what how the power play is going to go down with John Klingberg coming in here. Is he number one option, or is Morgan Riley still number one? Still got TJ Brody here. Whether fans like it or not, I'm totally fine with having TJ Brody here. I really like that player. Jake McCabe, he's here now for a full season, so... Um, If I'm looking at the names right here, I think Jake McCabe might be primed to be the new whipping boy in Toronto. I don't like saying that. I don't like having a whipping boy in Toronto, but I feel like if someone's going to take it, it's probably going to be Jake McCabe because he's already kind of shown flashes of uh, just kind of making silly mistakes last year, but hopefully he can clean that up and it's only a $2 million cap hit for this year next, so I'm pretty happy with that. Lilligren, I mean, we gotta we gotta get this guy. Come on, baby, you gotta get in there and be consistent. He looked like he had it last year, and then just fucking late, late in the season, fell apart, and he blew it. And he just, you know, he didn't get into the playoffs, and that really, really is unfortunate because he was actually one of the better defensemen. I feel like last year, Connor Timmins and Mark Giordano rounding it out there. I feel like they're going to be sharing time. I can't see 39 year old Mark Giordano playing all 82 this year. He could. But I hope he doesn't. I would like to see Connor Timmons in there. I know people don't like him that much, that, that he's not that good. But, I mean, he put up a bunch of points. So, I think, you know, you could do worse having a Connor Timmons back there. Defense, I mean, the top four is pretty good, man. Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, John Klingberg, Jake McCabe. I mean, not bad at all. I would really like to have in there a bonafide, like, defensive defenseman. Is any of these guys necessarily a 
defensive defensemen? I don't know. I feel like they're all kind of two ways. John Klingberg, more offensive. Morgan Riley, a little bit more to the offensive side. Brody, yeah, he's a little bit more defensive, but he doesn't like hit. He's not a big physical defenseman. So that's what we're, I really would have loved to have Luke Shen remain because he would have been able to fill that slot. So if there's something out there that the Leafs could still do, they're cap-strapped to shit right now. They're super over. But if they could find a defensive defenseman, someone that can bang bodies back there, be big in front of the net, that would make me uh, feel a little bit better about this defensive core. Otherwise, it looks like a solid regular season defensive core. In terms of playoffs, it could definitely use some size and grit. That's what I would say about that. D- uh, goaltenders, you got Ilya Samsonov. Joseph Wall and Martin Jones, so the big question mark is going to be Martin Jones or Joseph Wall. I think they're going to have to battle it out and see who comes out with it. I'm. It's probably going to be Martin Jones. He's the more veteran goaltender. I feel like he's probably going to end up winning it out. Joseph Wall has an, another year, still basically league minimum, so... I imagine the Leafs organization is going to want Martin Jones, but to have Joseph Wall back there, that's pretty good. He, he showed to be what looks like a, a good goaltender in the making. He looks very calm and collective, and I like that about him quite a bit. And then Samsonov, that's going to be a big question mark. Is he going to be able to repeat what he did last year? Was that a flash in the pan? Is he going to fall off a cliff? Or is he going to be a fucking Vesna candidate this year? Where goaltenders are so hit and miss. They're so hard to predict what they're going to do. But uh, hopefully, hopefully it's good. I imagine he's going to be at minimum solid. So that's what we're hoping for here. In terms of where I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to finish this year, I feel like it's kind of a big shifting year for the division. Tampa Bay is getting older and more tired, and they're losing more and more players. Boston's losing players. So I have the Leafs as of right now. They are listed to finish in the Atlantic first I have them finishing first I don't really want them to finish first because I think it's kind of a bad voodoo I don't like uh but if, if they finish first this year I feel like they have the best chance to do it this year unless a team one of the Buffaloes Ottawa's or one of them has like a New Jersey level 40 to 50 point increase and just blows by the Leafs but as of right now I have the Leafs in first place coming out of that division All right, up next, we got the Boston Bruins, who I was very mean to last season. Felt like I still feel justified. I feel like my my points were made. They had a lot of major injuries coming into last season. And we all know that the beginning of the NHL season is extremely important. You want to get off to a good start. If you start out like one and six, and then you're, you're climbing out of a hole the whole entire season. It takes a very, very long time to climb out of a really bad start in the, in the NHL. So I thought the Bruins were going to start out shitty. They started out unbelievable. And then they just never turned the fucking gas off. And they made me look like an absolute freaking moron. But that's the Bruins for you, man. That's what they do. They make... Us Toronto Maple Leafs fans look very silly on a regular basis. So, Bruins had a big, big ol' offseason. Obviously, they had uh, not the funnest playoff um, storyline go down, though it was quite fun for me to see that go down. So, exiting out of the Boston Bruins organization, you got Michael DiPietro. Trent Frederick was re-signed, so he's good. Uh, I'm trying to find some names that actually are gone. Uh, well, we, we know that uh, Patrice Bergeron is gone. Tyler Bertuzzi is gone. Connor Carrick. Connor Clifton. Garnet Hathaway. Uh, Jonah Cop- 
Cool. Good for him. What a name. David Krejci has retired. Vinny Laterra, Thomas Nosek, Dmitry Orlov, and Chris Wagner all exiting over uh, this offseason. But coming in, they bring in JVR. Milan Lucic comes back to the Bruins. Kevin Shattenkirk, Morgan Geeky, Witherspoon, Magna, Richard, Logan Brown, Lauko, Mitchell, McLaughlin, <laughs> Bob Quiz, DiPietro, Ragula, Walsh. They brought in a lot. They're re-signed Swayman, so they're doing a lot, man. They're trying their best to fill in that gap. Uh, That is Patrice Bergeron. Good luck with that. That's going to be a void that the Bruins are going to be feeling for a handful of years, man. It's going to be a while before, rather, they draft a center and produce a center that comes in and can fill in that void, or they're going to have to make a trade and find someone to come in and fill in that hole. But as of right now, they haven't filled in that hole, and uh, they're coming in. Forward-wise, we're starting off. we got David Pasternak, Brad Marchant, Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, Jake DeBrus, Trent Frederick, Morgan Geeky, Milan Lucic, JVR, Patrick Brown. Sorry, called him Logan. Patrick Brown, Jesper Boquist, and AJ Greer. On their... Uh, I don't see anybody on their long-term injury reserve, so let's try and break down this top six. So you're looking at Charlie Coyle and probably probably Pavel Zaka as your one-two center. I have no idea which one's going to be the first or second. I, I would maybe Zaka first line, 26. Maybe is is... Maybe if he gets the opportunity to be a top-line center, I'm not thinking that Pavel Zaka is going to like emerge and become a point-of-game plus, but I think he's going to at least be a serviceable uh, center for the Bruins. Uh, definitely not ideal, but they seem to really like him last year, though I didn't see anything that was overly flashy and amazing about Pavel Zaka's game. But it looks like he definitely found more to his game with the Bruins than he did with the New Jersey Devils. So there's that. Charlie Coyle, you know, he's 31. He's still, he's a solid player. It's just, it's hard to talk about him as like the top line center for the Boston Bruins. But if he's going to have a guy like Brad Marchand and or David Pasternak on his wing, it's going to bump him up. But is it, is it going to bring down David Pasternak and or Brad Marchand? That's going to be the question. We're just going to have to wait until they get on the ice and we'll see. Because what the Bruins did last year with all the injuries, I mean, I can't. I, they could do anything at this point. I mean, David Pasternak now, he's 27. He's making big, big boy money now, and it's essentially his team. I mean, he's the big guy on the team. He's going to be looking to score 50 again. Maybe he gets the rocket. He's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable player, but without that center, is he going to be able to run a line uh, the way that they used to run a line. I don't know. Is David Pasternak the guy? We're, we're definitely going to get an answer to that question this season. And then the Brad Marchand situation. He's 35 years old now. He's still good. That contract just oh, it makes so upsetting. What an amazing contract. $6.125 million uh, throughout his, his tenure here with the Bruins. I mean, fantastic. Are we going to see a drop-off in Brad Marchand's production? I mean, it feels like it's safe to say probably, yeah, he's off a double hip surgery, though it didn't seem to bother him at all last year, which, again, upsets me. But Brad Marchand, man, I mean, he's uh, he's just a little pesky fuck, and uh, I feel like he might just, you know, shove it up our hoop, and he's just going to continue to be a point-of-game player. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. But then you got the other guys. You got Jake DeBrusque and Trent Frederick. Is Trent Frederick ready to take a bigger, uh, a higher role on this team? I mean, he's been solid, but it's like time now. There's no more Krejci and Bergeron 
uh, you know, backing these guys up if they're not up to snuff and producing the way that the Bruins need them to produce. They they need them big time this year, and they're going to need it again out of Jake DeBrusque, who had a great year last year, but he's got to do it again, and... Jake DeBrus has been like a roller coaster with the Bruins. He loves them, he hates them, he loves them, he hates them. Is this the year that he finally says, fuck it, I want out of here, get me out of here, but we'll see. He's only got one year left as well. And then you got the new guys coming in. Milan Lucic, JVR, Patrick Brown, Bob Quist. What are these guys going to do? Like, JVR could maybe fuck around and get like 50 points. Milan Lucic could fuck around and get 800 fucking hits and 1,000 penalty minutes. I cannot see Milan Lucic like... Uh, emerging for like a 20 goal season or something like that JVR if used properly on the power play yeah I could see JVR hitting 20 goals if he stays healthy that'd be fine but yeah I mean forward wise I'm not like very blown away with this forward group but then their defense their defense is very very strong still they got Charlie Coyle back there uh, sorry, not Charlie Coyle. They have him up front. Uh, Charlie McAvoy is back there just rocking it. 9.5 million. Does now. 25 years old. So he's like right there. He's in his prime now. Uh, he could still get, he's probably still going to get a little bit better every single year. I imagine that defensive ability is going to continue to refine itself and just continue to get better. Hampus Lindholm, fucking Norris level defenseman last year. He fell off once Charlie McAvoy came back into the lineup, but he was a phenomenal Bruin last year, was Lindholm. Carlo, Grizzlick, Forbert, Zaboral. I don't think we're going to see much out of Zaboral. Shattenkirk and Ian Mitchell. I mean, that's a pretty solid defensive core back there. If they stay healthy, it should be pretty good back there. They should have a pretty solid penalty kill. Power play is going to be very interesting, right? Because of the lack of centers. And I think underratedly, we have to remember that Patrice Bergeron is arguably one of the greatest face-off men in history. So Bruins are definitely going to be taking a hit there in uh, puck possession, not winning the puck off of the face-offs as often as Bergeron would get them that puck. So they're going to be playing behind, I imagine, a a little bit more than they're used to. But they do have one of the better tandems back there in net with Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Swayman gets his money. Uh, Allmark has been incredible for the Bruins. Hard to say that he's going to replicate what he did last year. That seems like a once-in-a-lifetime type of season. But even if he drops off like 5% from that, that's still an incredibly good season. Are we going to see more out of Jeremy Swayman this year? I imagine there's some Bruins fans that would definitely like to see more uh, playtime for Swayman. And I would too. I like Swayman. He's got some swagger. I I dig that player. But... In terms of where the Bruins are going to finish this season, I'm I'm sticking with my guns, man. I don't think the Bruins are going to uh, be in the top four. I have them finishing fifth in the Atlantic this year. I just feel like that is a major blow, uh, probably a major blow in confidence after that playoffs last season against Florida. So I feel like the swagger of the Bruins, we're going to start seeing that deflate uh, quite a bit this year. But it doesn't mean that they're not necessarily going to be in the playoffs. We could maybe see five teams come out of the Atlantic this year and only three out of the Metro. We'll see. I have the Bruins. They're definitely going to be in the mix. I can't count out the Bruins and say they're going to fall off a cliff and they're going to be like a lottery team this year. But it's really hard for me, even with the embarrassment of what happened to me last year with my predictions in the Bruins. But now without Bergeron and Krejci, they got no centers, goddammit. Like, this happened has to be the year that the Bruins start to fall off. So I'm going to have them fall off, but only a little bit, going down to fifth place. 
Next up, we have the Florida Panthers, the team that went all the way to the Stanley Cup final last year, only sadly to be uh, taken out by the Vegas Golden Knights, which, you know, it was a really, really, really fun run for the Florida Panthers. So let's talk about their offseason. They lost Lucas, hold on now. Uh, Lucas Carlson, Radcal Gudis is gone. Patrick Hornquist retired. Alex Lyons gone to Detroit. Uh, Giovanni Smith and Mark Stahl. Eric Stahl also, uh, he is unsigned right now. I think he's still a free agent. Uh, possibly could be retiring. And they have quite a bit of additions over this, uh, what do you call it, free agency period. Mikola signs a three-year. Riley Carlson. Denisenko signs a two-year, Kulikov one-year, Eric uh, Oliver Ekman-Larsen is brought in, Alex Stolarz brought in, Evan Rodriguez with a four-year contract, Stenland, Lockwood, Mayu, Asplin, Ludwig, Fitzgerald. So a lot of depth, a lot of smaller names, some higher names up there, you know, Ekman-Larsen, a big name, but um, not going to be providing what, you know, what Ekman-Larsen was doing maybe seven years ago or whatnot, but... Florida off to the 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 the, blah, 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 the finals last year was definitely a little bit of a surprise because they they very much so squeaked into the playoffs last year, but uh, definitely it seemed like they were underperforming all last year. They just couldn't quite get that footing. They're almost kind of like the Calgary Flames of the East. They just like couldn't get a win streak going. They were losing, but not like big losing streaks. They were very frustrating. They're just like, God, there's there's more here, but you guys just aren't like, what the fuck is going on? And then they found it in the playoffs. I mean, Maurice seemed to get his his fingers deep into that team. His systems got in there and it all started to click and it clicked at the right time. But just not, just not quite enough to get him a Stanley Cup, but a very impressive run indeed. So forward-wise, you're looking at Alexander Barkov, Matty Kachuk, Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett, Gata Vahagi, Evan Rodriguez, E2, Lusterainen, Nick Cousins, Steven Lorenz, Kevin Stenlin, Anton Lundell, Ryan Lomberg, and Grigory Denisenko. Take a look here. They do have some pretty hefty names there on the long-term injury reserve, but that is definitely, uh, that's for defensemen. We'll, we'll talk about defensemen in a moment, but uh, forward-wise, you know you got Maddie Kachuk, probably good for 100 points this year. Barkov, uh, definitely getting a little bit of hatred here, uh, especially with his underperforming in the playoffs, but I think Barkov is a phenomenal player. Uh, last year, you know, yeah, his points production went down with the loss of Huberdeau. Maddie Kachuk isn't the player that Huberdeau is. Huberdeau is a phenomenal passer. He's going to get other players' goals. Maddie Kachuk is just a animal. He'll, he'll do everything. Uh, I wouldn't say he's necessarily, like, He's not like a bad complimentary player. It's just that Huberto was just so good at feathering the pass and whatnot. So um, I don't know if you're going to see Barkov hitting like the ridiculous numbers that he was with Huberto, but Alexander Barkov, he's got that incredible defensive game. He's unbelievable. Sam Reinhart, weird. Okay, we talked about that. Evan Rodriguez, one, two, three, four, five, six. So Evan Rodriguez, he could be in their top six this year. I imagine. Uh, in a perfect world, they're going to want him kind of roving into that middle six area. That's where, I don't know, man, because that, that flash in Pittsburgh that Evan Rodriguez had when Malkin went down, 
Rodriguez takes over and he was phenomenal. He was incredible. Like if he can find that gear again, oh my goodness. And I hope, and I imagine Florida is hoping that he does because he has them locked in for four years. So we could see Evan Rodriguez getting into that top six, but then you have guys like Lusterinen and Lundell. So Lundell could be like that second, that third line center this year, a very good one at that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how it goes with him. Sam Bennett, Barkov, probably your one-two center. But, I mean, they could put Bennett on a wing. Uh, it doesn't seem that they have him listed to be on the wing, but I, I thought I've seen him play on the wing before. But regardless, that's a pretty nice-looking top six right there. I mean, there's definitely uh, Carter Verhegis. I, I would say he's still underrated. I think he can hit 30 goals. Sam Bennett has been unbelievable ever since he's been a Florida Panther. God, I wish he could have found that in, in fucking Calgary. I knew it was there. We saw it in the playoffs every year, but it just, ah, whatever. It's over now. But then, yeah, they do look a little bit light in terms of the bottom six. I mean, Nick Cousins... He's uh, pretty solid. There's just like a lot of okay guys. There's not one, no one really down there that I'm like, oh, uh, he could definitely make a, a a bit of a problem down there for other teams' uh, bottom six. I mean, Lomberg, he's shown flashes of looking pretty de- pretty decent, but you're going to be looking for guys like Lusteranen and Lundell. If they're going to be in that bottom six, they're going to be you're going to want to look for them to be dominant down there. So it's going to be interesting in terms of their bottom six. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to add in some more guys. I mean, Eric Stahl down there maybe wouldn't be a horrible option. So it's it's um, definitely, t- I would say it's top heavy for Florida. They could definitely use some help in that bottom six. Now defensemen. So defensemen, they're taking a big hit here on long-term injury reserve. Both Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour are both on there. I feel like they're both going to be ready to go for the regular season, so I'll keep that in mind. Uh, But they're both, that's their two best defensemen right there. They're both on long-term right now, so that's going to hurt. We'll see how long that, that, that goes into the regular season. Again, I don't think it's supposed to be all that long. And Brandon Montour, he had an unbelievable season last year. It's going to be really tough for him to replicate that he's going to want to do that though because he's going into a contract year so if he can fucking hit 70 points again he's gonna get paid some big bucks and he's gonna want that so definitely gonna be looking for Brandon Montour to repeat have a big season Aaron Blad, it's it just stay healthy for God's sakes please and then the rest of them they have four Forsling, Mikola, Ekman Larson here now, Mike Riley, Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Mahura, Lucas Carlson, and Matt Kirstead. A lot of depth here, I'd say. That's a pretty decent looking depth. Not a lot of guys here that I'm like blown away with. I mean, Ekman Larson could have a resurgence, but I'm not expecting like. I'd be surprised if he got like over 30 points personally. Mike Riley, pretty solid de- uh, defensive defenseman. Both he and Dmitry Kulikov are signed for a million apiece, so you can do worse with that. And Forsling, an underrated defenseman in this league, I would say. So, I mean, it's pretty good, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna want Aaron Ekblad and Montour in there as soon as possible. And then goaltending, goaltending is gonna be. Uh, interesting this year so you got Bobrovsky still making 10 million but uh, he looked like he was earning that 10 million uh, more so in the playoffs last year Uh, hopefully he can have string together a nice regular season for the Florida Panthers they brought in Stallars who I think honestly is a little bit underrated I think he's a really good backup and then they have Spencer Knight who is coming off of the player assistance program he says he's good to go ready to come out of that and we're 
Definitely going to have eyes on Spencer Knight, hoping hoping for a very good bounce back season out of him. I would hate to see him just you know have a really bad season and things go bad for him. Go, I, I always rooting for goaltenders that that have a lot of hype and 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 potential and stuff like that. So. Florida fans and and all that and the management, they're definitely going to be hoping that Spencer Knight comes out of this uh, season looking like a fucking Superman. So where do I have the Florida Panthers finishing the season? I feel like they super underperformed last year. So I feel like I may, I'm probably overestimating the Florida Panthers a little bit, but I do have them second, which even I'm a little bit skeptical about, honestly. But uh, I'm I'm kind of playing it safe a little bit. I'm gonna go with the tried and true. I'm uh, I'm 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 scared about you know the the big three. You know the the Buffalo Sabers, the Sens, and the Detroit Red Wings. Like, are we gonna see a New Jersey level pop off with one of those, three of those, two of those teams? Like, what the fuck? It's going to be tough. But until it happens, I gotta kind of stick with my with my guns. I think, but. That's the Florida Panthers. That might be a little high on second place, but I do feel like they super underperformed last year. They were a President's Trophy winning team two years ago, not that long ago. So I don't know. Maybe second is a little bit high for the Panthers, but I think they're a good team. Next up, we got the Ottawa Senators. One of the major, one of, I'm calling them the big three because one of those fucking teams is going to bust out this year. Ottawa, in their off season, we have got Patrick Brown is gone. Uh, Dylan Gambrell is gone. Julian Gauthier is gone. Travis Hamnick gone. Uh, Scott Sabarin, Cam Talbot, and Eric Brand. Oh, he's he's good. Okay, so not too many exits by the looks of it. Obviously, DeBrincat is gone. That was a big major trade made in the offseason, bringing in Kubalik. So, other guys that they brought in, Branstrom re-signs Corpusalo with the big five-year contract. Goaltender brought in for the Senators. Uh, Chartier, Courier, Imama, Highmore, Pylon, all signed. Hamannick, I guess, okay, never mind. He's coming back. My bad, my bad. McEwen, Mandelizi, and Vladimir Tarasenko coming into the Ottawa Senators this season. So, Ottawa... On the cusp, baby. They're on the cusp. They're they're right there. There's a lot of fun, interesting things going on around the Senators. They have the new owner. They got potentially a new arena at some point coming in. And uh, it looks like the future is going to be bright for the Ottawa Senators. And they have a pretty tasty looking forward group. Leading it off with Timmy Stutzel. The, the, the man. I, oh my god, he's only 21 years old. We could see a 100 point season out of Timmy Stutzel this season. Kid is an absolute fucking stud. Starting off his eight-year contract now, only at $8.3 million. What an absolute freaking steal of a deal that is. You got the captain, Brady Kachuk, who had a phenomenal year last year, looking to improve on that. Brady, I don't know if he's going to hit like 100 points that uh, his brother is, but I can see Kachuk easily hitting well over a point a game this season. He just continues to get better and better. 23 years old now, so he's, he's in his stride. You got the legend Claude Giroux had an excellent year last year. He is 35 years old now. Is he going to be able to replicate what he did last year? I mean, I'm a big old fan of Claude Giroux, so I would like to think, yeah, but uh, wouldn't be super shocked if he uh, falls down in production a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be like a drastic fall off for Claude Giroux. Uh, He seems revitalized playing with the Ottawa Senators, so rooting for Claude Giroux to keep it up. And then Vladimir Tarasenko, the new guy coming in here. 
31 years old. He's been up and down in the league, you know, dealing with a lot of injury problems with his shoulder, especially. I think it should be safe to say Tarasenko, as long as he remains healthy, should be able to bring 20 goals to the Ottawa Senators. It's only one year, so maybe he ends up getting traded. Maybe he re-signs. We'll have to wait and see. Tarasenko, that'll be fun. That'll be really interesting. You got Drake Batherson, I believe. Was he the one that got hurt last year? Uh, I don't know. But one of them went down last year. What Rather, is Drake, Drake Batherson or the other guy. Regardless, looking for Drake Batherson to have a major role in the top six for the Senators this year. 25 years old. They got a young up-and-coming team here, man. It's very exciting. Uh, they also got Matthew Joseph. He's here, probably a third-liner. Dominic Kubelik could also be slotting into that third line. It's going. There's a name fucking missing here. Who am I missing? Like, Josh Norris is not here. Where is Josh Norris at? Oh, there he is. Okay, he's on long-term injury reserve. That's what's going on. Okay, I understand completely. So, uh, one, two, three, four, five... Six, fuck, man, that is a nice-looking forward group. If, per se, if everyone gets nice and healthy and you have a Matthew Joseph, Dominic Kubalik, and then, like, a Shane Pinto third line, ooh, baby, that is a nasty little third line right there for the Ottawa Senators. They do still need to sign Shane Pinto, but I, I think they're going to be able to get that done. But, goddamn, that is a tasty-looking forward group, I must admit. Um... Moving down the lineup here, like I said, they do have Shane Pinto still needing him to get signed. Same with Sokolov. He needs a contract. They also have Parker Kelly, Zach McEwen, Mark Kastelik down there as well. Don't really know anything about those guys, but uh, I I would imagine some serviceable players right there. Maybe you would want some uh, bigger names down there in the bottom six, but Jesus, if that third line is is like what it's going to be, Kubalik... Matthew Joseph, and then uh, Pinto, that could be a fucking problem for teams to deal with. And then, like, your other line of, like, Timmy Stu, Brady, Claude Giroux, and then you do, like, a Vladimir Tarasenko, Drake Batherson, Norris line. Like, that's pretty freaking awesome, man. That is not bad at all. Now, defense has a lot of question marks around it. So you have Thomas Shabbat, the workhorse of the team, 30-minute kind of guy. He's, he's an excellent defenseman. And then you have Jacob Chikrin, who, personally, I forgot that they brought in last season, but now he's here. He's going to have a nice full season, full training camp, all that stuff. So looking for big things out of Jacob Chikrin for sure. He's going to be playing a major role back there for the Ottawa Senators. They have Artem Zub, who's a pretty good partner right there for Thomas Shabbat. Or it might be Travis Hamanick. And then Eric Brandstrom, still looking for that breakthrough here. He's 23 years old now, so that that window is closing. But uh, this could be the year. We'll see. And then Jake Sanderson, looking for a huge year out of the young defenseman. 21 years old now. I can't remember if he was hurt or something last year. I might be mixing him up with the Anaheim Ducks defenseman. But Jake Sanderson, definitely going to be a major part of the future of the Ottawa Senators. Looking to crack into that top four this season. I doubt he's going to be top two. But looking for a major role in that top four, that would be huge. Same with Bernard Docker. Jacob Bernard Docker. If he can crack into that lineup as well and make an impact, the Senators... I don't know, man. They could fuck around and get into a playoff spot. It's uh, it's very tough. It's very tough. I think they have a very, very nice-looking team right here, especially forward-wise. They can stay healthy and all that. I feel like their big question mark, though, is in net. So they do. They bring in Jornis Corposalo, which is great. It's nice to see that they brought in a goaltender. It's just like Corposalo, though, the, from what I saw him playing in, with the 
with the Kings in the playoffs last year. It looks like teams have a book on this guy, and I feel like he's going to get exposed. I I think he's going to be... A good goaltender, I just I don't know if he's the guy that's going to like drag you into a playoff spot or anything like that. We'll have to wait and see. Jornis Corpusalo, goalies, very, very hard to read, very hard to get a get, you know, any sort of prediction onto a goaltender until they get out there and start playing. But for the Ottawa Senators, they are rolling the dice on this guy. Five year deal at four million dollars. It could be brilliant, it could be a fucking disaster. So we're just gonna have to wait and see there. And, yeah, they do have injured reserve guys. Anton Forsberg, other goaltender. Uh, I think he's going to be okay to go. And then Josh Norris should be okay to go. They're going to need all these guys healthy, ready to go. The big question mark is, like, they're like, last season's argument was, oh, if Drake Batherson didn't go down, the Sens would have probably made it. But it's like, if if your team fell apart with one guy going down, then you're probably not bound for playoffs. So many other teams, look at the Bruins. They lost half their fucking squad last year, and they had the most amazing season of all time. So, you have to rally when big guys go down. you got to have guys step up and shit like that. So, with the Ottawa Senators, where do I have them finishing this season? I have them at sixth. So, I I don't know, man. I'm not 100% sold on the goaltending and defense just yet. Offense, I'm I'm quite fucking sold, man. They they might have one of the more impressive offenses in the league right now. I mean, Timmy, Stutzel, and Brady, they could take another step forward. It's going to fall down to Tarasenko and Giroux as long as they can continue to be serviceable NHL guys. They don't take, like, too drastic of a fall-off. I really like the forward group of the Ottawa Senators. Again, these guys should absolutely be in the playoff race. They could easily get in there, I think. It's just going to be really, really tough. So some teams, you're just going to have to say, well, you know, there's only so many spots available. So Senators, sadly, I have them just outside of the playoffs this season as well. All right, we'll move on to one of the easier teams to predict. It's the Montreal Canadiens. No disrespect, but we know what position that the Habs are in right now. They're in a rebuild phase, so and they're doing a really damn good job at it, I must say. So, with the with the Montreal Canadiens this se- this off season, they are losing uh, Al- Alex Belzile. He is gone. Jonathan Drouin. He's out of there. Denis Gurionov, Anthony Richard, and Chris Tierney are all out of here. Uh, yeah, but they did They did bring in some people. They brought in Keeper, Anderson, Harvey Pennard re-signs. I really like that one. Stevens, Newhook came in, and Bodine. So, you know, the not, not like the most flashy offseason, but they're making some moves around there. You know what I'm saying? And they're definitely a young team on the rise. Leading it off with Nick Suzuki leading the charge for the offensive, uh, the forward group here. million contract for the next seven years. An unbelievable deal. He's only 24 years old right now and really, really coming into his own. The current captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Really, really like this player. And I think he's going to have another really strong season. Again, stay healthy and everything, which he did last season. But, I mean, the the rest of the team around him is going to have to stay healthy. There's not a lot of major threats on this team. So, if... uh, if uh, what's-his-face goes down again, trying to remember his name, I'm blanking, Cole Caulfield, if he goes down, then yeah, teams are going to be able to focus in more so on Nick Suzuki and whatnot, but Nick Suzuki, fantastic player, very good, strong two-way f- player as well. Maybe now with Bergeron out of the league, maybe we start seeing Suzuki's name into the Frank J. Selke 
But uh, I think it's going to be Nico. He shares a trophy to win nowadays. Uh, Brendan Gallagher still kicking it around here. Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Joel Armia, Kirby Dock, Alex Newhook, Jake Evans, Raphael, Harvey Pinard, Michael Pizzetta, and Jesse Yolanin. There's some good names here. There's some really good names. There's definitely some upside. I like Kirby Doc's game since he came here to Montreal looking looking good. He's still only 22 years old, former third overall pick just a few years ago. Alex Newhook are going to have a lot of eyes on this young man, 22 years old, coming in, probably looking to make his mark in that top six for the Habs. Uh, is he going to be the second line center? Good chance of that. I mean, Tr- Christian Dvorak could slide down. To the third line, Kirby Doc. Are they going to use this kid as a center, or are they going to use him as a winger? By the looks of it, I think they're they're more keen to have him on the wing. But uh, he's still young. There's st- there's a lot of um, a lot of options here for the center or the the Montreal Canadiens. Brendan Gallagher. I, he's kind of been you know falling off a little bit here in his career. Josh Anderson, one of the most infuriating players to watch. He is so painfully painfully inconsistent one game he is the next coming of Mario Lemieux and then the next 20 games he's fucking invisible so uh have fun with that guy uh Joel Armia really like that player nice solid middle six kind of guy yeah there's gonna be a lot of question marks a lot of young players to see like what's next for them is Harvey Pinard is he going to be able is he going to be a top six player or just like a really solid bottom six guy what are we what are we looking at I think we're kind of done with Jake Evans here he's 27 years old but there's there's other young players here uh Yolanin, what is he gonna bring and then their defense their defense has a a lot of youngness to it so um we're leading it off here. You got uh, Michael Matheson, yeah, David Savard, yeah, Jordan Harris, uh, okay, uh, Gustav Lindstrom, Justin Barron, Barron, and Caden Gooley. So Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, they're two 21-year-old defensemen, and the Habs are waiting for these two kids, one of these two kids, to bust out and be a a big player for the Montreal Canadiens on their blue line. It's only a matter of time for one of these or both of these kids to break out. Is it this year? Is it next? Or who knows? It's uh, just a matter of time, I imagine. Jonathan Kavasevich and Chris Weidman. So, yeah, not the strongest-looking defense or even forward group. Uh, They do have quite a few names here on their injured reserve. Cole Caulfield obviously going to be a major player could could potentially I don't know if he's going to hit 50 this season or even next but a potential 50 goal scorer in this league at some point once the team maybe gets a little stronger Sean Monahan Yurhai uh, Slavkovsky, the first overall pick a couple of years ago, looking for a, a bigger role on the team this year. He got hurt last year so didn't get a, a lot and I mean it wasn't the most eye-popping uh, first season in the NHL but there were some flashes there it's like okay there's there's something here he's got some emotion he's got some fired up stuff so hoping that he can take another step this year I don't think he's going to like bust out for 50 60 points or anything but you should see some nice uh progression in his game this season and then Arbor Jack guy probably the most popular guy on the team right now so yeah they got some major names on their injured reserve and then of course you got Carey Price who sadly probably won't be playing uh in the nhl anymore which is very sad but 
I think it's safe to say with this team, we're not really looking at a team that's going to threaten for a playoff spot or anything like that. But it's definitely a young and exciting team here. There's a lot of guys, younger players that I'm rooting for, especially guys like Kirby Doc. Really interested to see what an Alex Newhook is going to be able to do on his new in his new role. And of course, I I, I am excited to see what's going to go on with Arbor Jacki this season. Like the the legend of him continues to grow, and he's only 22 years old. And then goaltenders, they have uh, Jake Allen is still here. Casey DeSmith brought in throughout trade, and then Samuel Montembeau. So Montembeau's 26 years old now. I don't know if he's going to ever become like a bona fide starter in the NHL, maybe a fringe or a solid backup at best. Casey DeSmith will be interesting. You know, he's 32 now. I thought he was substantially younger than that, honestly, but uh, probably going to be the backup. And Jake Allen. He's been dealing with some health in, uh, problems over the last couple of seasons, but a very solid, just, you know, he gets the job done back there. He's not fucking necessarily stealing you games. He's not really necessarily losing you games. He's Jake Allen. He's, he's solid shit. Uh, with the Habs, I'm finishing eighth in the division because, I mean, it's a very, very strong division, and they just have not the strongest team, but it's an up-and-coming team. It's young, it's up-and-coming, and maybe in a couple years, we'll, we'll start talking about them and seeing them in the playoffs again, which would be very, very exciting. Up next, we got the powerhouse Tampa Bay freaking Lightning. Is this going to be the year that we finally see that that team fall out of the playoffs? I mean... I don't know. Let's let's just start breaking this team down. Let's see what did they do this off season. We have exits of Pierre Pierre Edouard Belmar, Ian Cole, Alex Kalorn. That's one of the big ones. And they did get Tanner Genot resigned and bringing in. They brought in Connor Sheary, Archibald, Glenn Denning, Johansson, Logan Brown. There he is. Chaffee, Dehane, and Janot got the two-year extension. So, yeah, everything's been kind of weird with Tampa Bay ever since they did the Tanner Janot situation. That's where even the fan base was a little bit like, okay, what the hell is going on right now? And are we starting to see the Tampa Bay Lightning go through what the Detroit Red Wings did when they were coming to the end of their uh, dominating days as Stanley Cup champions, where they started handing out Big, meaty contracts to people that, I mean, they deserved it, but that's not the kind of money that you hand out to guys on championship teams. And, I mean, Tanner Janot, that's a, it's a fair deal. I mean, he only got $2.6 million, but it's the amount of assets that the Tampa Bay Lightning gave up to get Tanner Janot. So, we'll see how it goes. Now, I will say flat out right now, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay falls out of the playoffs, but... I don't have them there quite yet. So let's break it down. So forward-wise, you got, of course, Nikita Kucherov, legendary player. Uh, At least in my eyes, he's one of my favorites to watch. He just missed out on my top 10 players uh, that are currently playing because every time I watch Nikita Kucherov, he just makes a a mind-blowing play that I'm like, I just, I have no idea how how you did that, but... Nikita Kucherov still here, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, the three-headed dragon is still no, not going anywhere, they're still here, they're still here for a while, or we'll see about Steven Stamkos, this is his last year uh, of his contract, 33 years old right now, $8.5 million, is he going to get more, is he going to take less, that'll be very interesting, I mean, Steven Stamkos has been putting up some of his best seasons, if not his best statistical seasons over the last couple of years, so... Is he going to be able to do it again, or is he going to fall off? I don't know. The way that he's been projecting, he looks like he's going to have like 110 points this year. 
And then they still have Anthony Sorelli, Nick Paul is here, Tanner Janot, of course, Connor Sheary, Brandon Hagel, Josh Archibald, Michael Asimont, Luke Clendenning, Logan Brown, and uh, Barre Boulet, Alex, oh, Sofranche. Yeah, so that's a pretty damn good-looking forward group. I mean, it's not as not as hectic and filled out as it was a few years ago with Kalorn and, and Goudreau and all those other guys, that, that crazy good third line that they have. But he still has very, very, very good players here that have uh, a lot of winning uh, experience on this team. Kucherov, Braden Point, Stephen Stamkos, studs. Anthony Sorelli, stud. Uh, Paul and Janot, they're new, but and they haven't won the Stanley Cups yet, but Paul, he was fantastic for them ever since he showed up. Tanner Janot, now that he's maybe had a full season and he's going to get a training camp, maybe less pressure, pressure on him. I don't know. I think the pressure is going to be high on him for the rest of his tenure in Tampa Bay because of all the assets that they gave up to bring him in. But that's not Tanner Janot's fault, so hopefully the pressure doesn't get to him because I'm a fan of his. He's a great little player. Brandon Hagel, an absolute stud, a, a, a player I wish was a Toronto Maple Leaf, but isn't. And Connor Sheary, a pretty solid middle six kind of guy. So their top six still is quite good. I mean, you got that top line. It's absolutely deadly. Anthony Sorelli, he's a good player, but he's not like... He's more amazing at defensive, but he, he is still quite good at the offense. Brandon Hagel could take another step this year. He scored 30 goals last year. Yeah, man, I'm not I'm not counting out that Tampa Bay offense right there. As long as everyone's healthy, Nikita Kucherov and, and Stamkos can stay healthy. Uh, it's still a pretty potent offense. And then the defense. So the defense has been taking some blows over the last couple of years, but still got Mikhail Sergachev and Victor Hedman here. So Sergachev, is it his defense now? I still think it's Hedman's to to run. Hedman's the fucking man. Though he had a down year last year, I think he'll bounce back strong this year. He's got a lot of hard miles on him, man. Like all those playoff runs, that's that adds up. And uh, maybe, you know, going down the first round last year was a little bit of a break that they needed. So maybe Tampa comes out swinging this year. They go freaking nuts. Mikhail Sergachev, he's 25 now, so yeah, he's he's all the way in there, starting his $8.5 million deal as my cat yells at me. Hello, baby. You want to get onto the show? Say hello to the peoples? All right, let me talk about the Tampa let me talk about the Tampa Bay defensive core. Eric Cernak, really strong defensive defenseman. He's getting paid now. I, I don't know, I wouldn't say overpaid. I think he's well worth that money. And Nick Nick Perbix is going to be a defenseman that they're looking for another jump forward. He played quite well for them last year. Just another one of those players in their organization. You never heard of them before. And then they get into the lineup and they fit right in. They're just dandy. And that would be Nick Perbix. Just another one of many Tampa Bay Lightning players to do just that. Zach Bogosian's still there. He's a very, very solid uh, top six defenseman for them. I really enjoyed him as a Leaf. I wish he stuck around. Calvin DeHaan, another uh, a guy I always wish the Leafs signed, but there he is. He's in Tampa Bay. Hayden Fleury and Darren Radish. So Darren Radish always thought was a forward, but I guess he's a defenseman now. So he and Hayden Fleury, they're both 27 depth defensemen, probably not going to see a whole lot of those guys. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, Eric Cernak, Hedman, and Sergachev for sure. They're going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting defensively for them, but they got a pretty hefty name back there defending them. Andre Vasileski, still the fucking man. 29 years old, feels like he's been in the league for 800 years, but 
He's the man. I mean, you really can't count out a team with a goalie like Andre Vasilevsky back there on on this team. So I have a hard time count, counting out this team with with the likes of Vasilevsky, Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos. That that core is still here, and they just continue to defy the aging process, the 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 tiredness of going through all those crazy playoff runs. They just keep going. So until they all their legs fall off, I'm going to have to just keep rooting for this team to continue to be playoff bound because they they really just hard to root against them, man. They're a very powerhouse team. Uh they do have some people on long-term injury reserve just Brett Seam Brent Seabrook who will not be playing anymore. Yeah, man, that's it's a good team. They should be Still very solid. I have them finishing third. They could go to fourth. I could still see them. They're still going to be in the mix. I don't think they're of the nature now that they're looking for President's Trophy wins. They're looking to be first place in the division. That's not really what I think their goal is. I think their goal is get to the playoffs as healthy as we can. And then once we're there, you know, it's it's almost like muscle memory for them now. They've been there so many damn times. And off they go to be crazy. So, yeah, I still believe in the Tampa Bay Lightning. But again... I would not be shocked if they fell off this year and missed the playoffs. It wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't. With all those hard playoff runs, I would not be I would not be shocked. I just couldn't be. Next up, we got the Detroit Red Wings, another of that three-headed beast of teams looking to break out in the Eastern Division. So Detroit's been a little busy. We got some exits here of Robert Hag, Magnus Helberg, Klim Kostin, Gustav Lindstrom, Matt Luff who actually, you know, he re-signed. We're all good there. Jordan Osterle, he gone. P.S. Suter and Jasper Weatherby. But they did, they were quite busy in the offseason bringing in, oh, this is going to win them the Stanley Cup right here. Justin Hall is now a Detroit Red Wing. I'm just kidding. Uh, Klim Kostin, Lindstrom, Luff, James Reimer, Lafferty, uh, Daniel Sprong is here, Gettinger, Comfer signed the five-year deal. That was the big one. Gostas Bear is here. Fisher, Alex Lyon, goaltender from Florida. Stevens, New Power, and Nick Isaac. So a lot of names getting added into the Detroit Red Wings organization. They were strong last year. They were in it until they decided we're not in it no more. They pulled the shoot and they just fell off a cliff, selling off at the deadline. And I commend them for that. That was the right move to make. They knew they weren't going to make it, so they might as well sell off the assets and get what they can and then rebuild and, and build up for the next year. Try again. I like that. Stevie Wise doing the right thing with that. Um, nope, I went off to the wrong team here. There we go. So let's go take a look at their cap friendly. Let's see how those forward group is looking over there in Detroit as I as I stretch for time, as I struggle to find the Detroit Red Wings cap friendly page. There it is, everybody. There it is. So we are leading the charge with Dylan Larkin, the captain of your Detroit Red Wings. Alex DeBrincat brought in on the big trade from Ottawa. Andrew Kopp, JT Comfer, big signing. David Perron, Robbie Fabry, Klim Kostin, Daniel Spraun, Christian Fisher, Jonathan Berggren, Lucas Raymond, and Joseph Valeno, who is still looking for his contract. So I don't know what's going on with Valeno. Uh, you know, a guy that had a lot of hype coming in. He just hasn't really found his way in the NHL just yet. Forward groups, it's a nice-looking forward group. Now, there's not a lot of names here that, like, fly out to me that are going to be amazing. I mean, Dylan Larkin, a very good player. Alex DeBrincat, I feel like maybe a little bit overrated 
could probably hit 30 goals this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 25 and had a similar season to what he did with Ottawa, and and that be that. But Alex DeBrincat, I mean, it's great that he's here. He wants to be here, so it's always nice to see a player, you know, get to play where he wants to play. He always wanted to play, so that's cool. Really like Andrew Kopp. He's a uh, a master of none, but a jack of all trades. He can do a little bit of everything. He's listed as a center left, right. So yeah, he's going to be doing a lot of stuff. David Perron, love that little player right there. He is 35 now, so I don't know how much more he's going to be providing for the Red Wings, but he's got that veteran leadership. Robbie Fabry, uh, I mean, he's a good little player. I think he's a little bit overpaid. Klim Kostian, I like that addition for them. A little bit of grit, a little bit of a power forward right there. And Daniel Sprong, another... Now, the question with Daniel Sprong is going to be, are they going to be able to get uh, what the Seattle Kraken got out of Daniel Sprong? Like, kid was playing like 11 minutes. He would score almost every single night that he was out there. And they just knew how to use that guy. So if they can figure out how to do that as well, Daniel Sprong could be a nice 15 to 20 goal scorer on this team. That'd be great. And of course, you got Lucas Raymond here. They had a little bit of a down year last year. Bit of a sloth, uh, sophomore slump. It happens, but uh, should... I always uh, watch for the for the rookie players in their third season. Third season tends to be their big year where it all kind of comes together. It takes them a little while. Not every guy can just come in and get it going. Though Lucas Raymond kind of did. He had a good rookie season. But yeah, same thing with Cider uh, last year. A little bit of a sophomore slump, but they got it going later in the year. So looking for Lucas Raymond to bust out. But it's a solid offensive lineup, but it, it, it doesn't scream like, you know, uh, it's not the strongest one that I've I've been listing off today. And then their defense. So you got the legendary Ben Sherratt that everybody loves. Shane Gostaspear, Justin Hall, Jake Wallman, Oli Mata, Jeff Petrie, Marit Sider, and Jared McIsaac. So obviously this defensive core being led by the young 22-year-old, uh, excuse me, Marit Sider. So like I said, he had a little bit of a down year last year. A lot is getting put on this young man's plate. He's like, leading the charge for offense, defense. He's uh, very important to their team. And it seemed that other teams in the NHL started realizing that and they started kind of queuing in on Maurice Sider and, and making it harder for him. He was paired with Ben Sherratt. That was not going well. They put him with Jake Wallman and things started to go a little bit better. So maybe they can get him off to a better start this season, having him paired with Wallman. We'll have to wait and see. But again, this isn't the most incredible defensive core there's a lot of pretty good guys Shane Gossespierre pure offensive option Justin Hall frustrating option Jake Wallman he's big and he looks like he could be a good guy to have with Maurice Sider but you're gonna have like the other younger uh there's another younger defenseman that they have I can't remember his name, but they're going to be looking for him to get into the lineup. Hopefully this year. I think his name is Ed Edvidson, something like that. But yeah, a lot of hype and, and uh, expectations around that defenseman just waiting for him to crack into the NHL lineup. So, I mean, I like Detroit. I just don't like it just yet. I don't think they quite have it. Goaltending, Vili Husso, nice strong goaltender. Looks like a very good, strong starting goaltender option. And then James Reimer, fantastic backup, fringe starter, uh, goaltending option right there. So you got to like that. They have Michael Rasmussen on injured reserve. So that's another younger forward that they're going to be adding into that lineup. I mean, it's, it's an up and coming team. I just don't quite see it there all the way just yet. 
but there's definitely some things to like here. There's some more younger players coming into this lineup. I just think there's still a couple pieces short and, um, yeah, they're getting there though. They're getting there. I have them listed as seventh place in the division this season. So don't have them quite making it to the playoffs just yet, but again, I think they're going to take another step. They're going to be in that mix, but I'm not convinced just yet. Sorry, Detroit Red Wings fans. And last, but certainly not least, is the Buffalo Sabres, who I, I'm feeling good about the Buffalo Sabres this year's folks. I, uh, they, they looked pretty damn good last year. They have the longest current playoff drought in the NHL. I think we're what, 11 or 12 years now. It's been a very, very long time since we've seen the Sabres. I do recall them being like, you know, that, that 2016 when they changed the jerseys and everything and, like, how good that team was. And then, yeah, it's been a very freaking long time. They basically have gone through two rebuilds at this point. So, in their offseason, they haven't been too, too busy. I mean, they technically lost Ben Bishop to retirement. Okay. Vinny Henestrosa is gone. Tyson Jost resigned. Okay, that's good. And Malcolm Subban has gone off to St. Louis. Bringing in, they brought in Joe's to re-signed him. Eric Johnson comes over. Connor Clifton comes over. Tukarski is here. Richards, Cooley, uh, they signed their entry-level. Clegg, uh, a different Matt Murray, and Wiseback. So, they didn't go crazy in the offseason. They still have a shitload of money to play with. So, there could be more moves in the works for the Buffalo Sabres. As of right now, it says they have $6 million in cap space. So, let's take a look at this team. Let's see what's going on with these motherfuckers. So you have the immensely overpaid Jeff Skinner, though he's been playing more up to that contract over the last couple years. He's got to get at least like 30, 35 goals minimum uh, to be effective. But he did, again, he played pretty good. He's 31, so you know he's still got uh, some years to provide some good NHL years. Tage Thompson, oh my goodness, uh, one of the most entertaining players to watch in the league. Could fuck around and get 50 this year. I think he's going to be in that Maurice Rocket Rouchard conversation this season. He's very, very good. Dylan Cousins took a big step. He's looking to take an even bigger step. Now he's got his big contract signed as well. Uh, Victor Olofsson, nice solid player. Good for, probably should be good for 20 plus goals as long as he's healthy. Alex Tuck, probably my favorite player on the team. I love this guy. He stays healthy. He should be. I mean, people are saying that he's overachieved. I just think he's found his home, and 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 Buffalo is his home. The dude is legit. I would love for Alex Tuck to be the captain of this team. No offense to Kyle Ocpozo, but Alex Tuck, man, like shit, shit changed when this guy got here. I don't think it's Eichel leaving. I think it's Alex Tuck coming in, baby. Alex Tuck, love that player. Jordan Greenway looking to have uh, an up. Uh, a bounce back season. Casey Middlestad still looking to find his way. Former first round pick. Z- Zemus Gergensen still here. Legendary Buffalo Sabre. Sabre. Captain Kyle Ekpozo. Kyle Ekpozo. Tyson Jost. Peyton Krebs. Yo- uh, oh, jeez. J- J- Paterka. Paterka's here. And some guy. Roos. Okay, good for those names. There's a lot of fun names there. Fun little team right here. So. We're all, I think we're all on the Tage Thompson train. Looks like this guy's legit. Back-to-back, very impressive seasons now. So I think he's arrived officially. Dylan Cousins looked really good last year. So I got some hopes for this team. And I think they could add, rather they're going to add some forward or defensive depth. I think they can do both. Jordan Greenway, really like this player. A nice uh, bottom six kind of guy. A little bit like a power four. He's big and hit. 
Uh, if he could just get that goal scoring to come back a little bit more consistently, that would be huge for them. And Casey Middlestad, I think a lot of us are rooting for this guy to find his way. Um, so many NHL video games where this kid got really good for me, and I just want him to get to that level. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man, there's there's some good guys here on the forward lineup and then defensive. I mean, we saw them last year. They were scoring goals like at will last year was the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, they're going to be looking to repeat that. And then Rasmus Dahlin, he found it last year, baby. I'm, I'm telling you, it's that three, four-year time frame. They freaking find it. And Dahlin has entered into the Norris conversation, I would say, a top 10 defenseman in the league. He is fantastic. Pair him up with Samuelson, a very underrated defenseman pairs very well with Rasmus Dahlin and he earned a seven-year contract so Buffalo Sabres they know they know what they got in Samuelson bringing in Connor Clifton I know Sabre or uh, Bruins fans aren't like crazy about Clifton but I he'll be a great addition for the Buffalo Sabres defensive core Eric Johnson very similar just a nice veteran defenseman to add on to that young blue line very good Ilya Labushkin I mean uh, top six seventh defenseman defensive defenseman Henry Yoki Harju probably depth Jacob Bryson probably depth Riley Stillman probably depth and then Owen Power baby 20 year old had a really strong rookie season last year looking to build on that and I believe he will I'm not saying he's gonna powerhouse and get like 60 points or something this year but the way that he's played defensively already at his young age is extremely impressive. So Owen Power looking to build on a very impressive season. And then the biggest question mark for the Buffalo Sabres is in net. So they brought in Eric Comrie last year. I, I was really hoping for Eric Comrie to have a big year for Buffalo last year. Didn't quite work out that way, which, I mean, he's got another chance this year, right? So he's, he's still there, but there's a lot of question marks around Buffalo's goaltending because they have... Uka, <laughs> Uka Pekka Lukanen, so that guy's there. He seems like he's going to be good. He's 24 years old now, so this could be the year that he emerges as a legitimate NHL goaltender. He looked pretty good last year in in short. Uh, not, he didn't get into very many games. And then, of course, you got the Devin Levi situation. This guy, I mean, the, the hype is real around him, and it looks really good, but until I get to see him in an NHL game and, and and see what this guy's all about he did get into some games I do believe last year and he looked really good but again very limited small sample size so it's that's definitely the biggest question mark around this team right now is I mean it looks good but until it happens I it's it's hard to say also they have Jack Quinn who is on injured reserve I think he's going to be coming back into the lineup I oh I can't I remember I think it was a bad injury that he had and also something really funny they're still paying Christian Ehrhoff do you remember that guy oh my god like he's got he's on their buyout history and he is listed on that buyout history it doesn't say he's, he's getting any money but he's he's there until 2027 2028 like holy shit what good job Christian Ehrhoff you're getting paid boy all right so in terms of Buffalo Sabres positioning I mean you could probably kind of figure it out since it's the the last team we're talking about but I think Buffalo is playoff bound they missed it by just a point last year they just barely missed and I got them fourth I got them fourth I uh that's the team out of the three-headed monster of Ottawa Buffalo and Detroit I think Buffalo uh, has I don't know I, I like the look of Ottawa's team there's just like a little bit of that funk still around uh, the organization with all the new changes like honestly I thought it would be a much more 
you know, even though, like, I know the owner died and everything, that sucks, but I thought, like, people would be happy that they finally got it all over with, and we'll see how it goes for Ottawa. I just still hoping that there isn't, like, a gray cloud hanging over that organization. I feel like it should be gone. Like, Debrincat's gone. It's not that he was a problem, but it's something that players are going to be thinking about. It's like, does this guy want to play with us or not? Like, now you got guys that want to play with you, so that's good, but... Buffalo was really impressive last year, and they got a nice young team, players getting better and better, Tage Thompson is, I would say, a legitimate superstar at this point, um, yeah, but I will say this, I am thinking that, I, I hope this is the year that shit, like, like, the boot drops like I could I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa falls out of the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised if Boston falls out of the playoffs and then you have Ottawa uh, get in there you have I Detroit's the one that I'm not really convinced on yet I'm looking through that team and I'm just I'm not sold on it just yet but they could they could surprise me I don't think that's a complete team just yet but I think they're definitely going to be competitive it's not a bad team but Ottawa's got, it looks like a potent offense up front. Defense is going to be questionable along with goaltending. And then Buffalo, they got a pretty well-rounded team. Their defense is pretty solid. It's young, but Darlene uh, has shown that he's arrived. And then their offense was pretty fucking potent last year. It's just the goaltending that has some question marks around that with the Sabres. But, I mean, the future looks bright with the Sabres goaltending with Devin Levi. Ukapeka Lukanen, lots of great names there for the Sabres so that's just kind of some light predictions right there for the Atlantic things could shift I mean the Leafs could make a big trade here like I said if William Nylander goes out the door and they bring out and it's a bad trade then you know things can get adjusted we're still a long ways away well not a long ways away but a ways away from the beginning of the regular season so shit can go down and I can adjust uh, my rankings but honestly I'm hoping that this is the year that the that the shoe fucking falls and Boston Tampa out and we get some new teams into the playoffs because that's always really really exciting hi baby I know I'm almost done I'm almost done baby I'm almost done Oh, and I just I just looked on uh, NHL to see if there's any last pieces of news, and there is, man. This is this is ridiculous. There's way too many deaths on this episode. I do not like this. <sighs> Here we go. Rick Generate, the voice of the Buffalo Sabers, for fucking last fifty years, dude. He's passed away at eighty-one. I mean, oh my goodness, dude. Really, really rough week for uh, us here in the in the NHL landscape. But um, Jesus, dude, that is one of the most um, legendary voices, man. I mean, uh, uh, Mayday, Mayday. Uh, now, personally, he was never my uh, necessarily the, my flavor at the time. But I don't know. Maybe if I was a bigger Buffalo Sabers fan, uh, I would. Oh my goodness, baby, you're really interrupting. This is not appropriate. Someone has passed away, Mrs. You gotta be nice. Okay. But man, that is that is really upsetting. And I feel like he just like retired from the booth and oh man, that's that's really upsetting. You know, he just re- just got into like full retirement, but the voice of the Buffalo Sabres for their whole entire existence virtually. I mean, I think he has been there since the beginning. He's been there for over fifty years. They they came in in the seventies, so yeah, that kinda adds up. He's been there for a long freaking time, so that's really sad news, y'all. That's really sad news, but shit, man. That is just a rough week in uh, in the NHL. I mean, goddamn. All right, so let's try and uh, 
end this on a positive note. So uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You guys are awesome. Make sure you're reviewing the podcast and all that great stuff. Really helps me out and all that stuff. You want to send in some comments? You want to ask some questions? Maybe make fun of my predictions? Ask me questions about what player I think is going to score 50 or something? Send in your questions. I would love that. I'd answer them live on the podcast if you'd like me to. And you can send them in on the Twitter, I got these get uploaded on the YouTube, so you can send in your comment on the YouTube uh, episode, that's good, there's an email address and everything, so don't be shy, send in your questions, there's there's no bad questions, I guess, I don't know, there's, there's definitely some silly questions, but I don't mind those, those are all good, and uh, yeah, so... Uh, past gamer uh, GX GamerCast, I did. What the hell did I talk about? Breath of the Wild? No, Tears of the Kingdom. There it is. Oh, it's early. I just woke up. Sorry. Um, yeah. So the full review for that is out. You can go back and check that out. That'd be awesome. Please and thank you. Uh, that was the that was a massive game, man. That was a big game, and it's two episodes, so there is uh, two parts to that one. Uh, so if you you know check out both episodes that'd be even better i'm planning on doing a kind of a top 10 situation just 10 gaming shames just uh, some moments in my gaming career history or whatever that i'm just not necessarily proud of so we're going to talk about a little bit of that have a little fun on uh tuesday there so that should be cool my wife and i are off to toronto today we're going to go see smackdown live so the wrestlecast it might be late i don't know i'm just going to throw that out there it might be a little off because we're going to be doing traveling and stuff so I might be a little behind on my wrestling but it's going to be coming so don't worry about that extremely excited to go to Smackdown tonight it's going to be awesome it might be the last time I get to see Edge and yeah that'll be really sad I might cry tonight I don't know how it's going to I don't know what's going to happen today and uh yeah so next week we'll be continuing on with the uh NHL division predictions and whatnot we'll go off with the well if you want you know, I can go and do a Western team, or I can just continue on with the East, finish off the East, and then we'll go on to the West. But uh, yeah, so that'll be in there. Probably start, uh, I don't know when I'm going to start doing, I'll do award predictions and all that crap probably a little bit later into uh, closer to the beginning of the season. So there you go. That's kind of what we got going on uh, in the near future here. If you have any ideas for something you would like me to do episode wise in terms of video games, wrestling, or hockey, that's the other thing, there it is, uh, sending your questions and all that great stuff, would be really awesome, and of course, thank you all so much for listening, you guys are awesome, we'll be back again with some more GX Plus guest.